we are going to be talking about the wholeness that grows out of brokenness from someone who knows all about the wholeness that grows out of brokenness, our dear friend, Dr. Kendrick. Dr. Kendrick is a pioneer in the field of grief literacy and recipient of the Distinguished Contribution to Psychology Award. Ken founded the Jenna Druck Center in 1996 to honor his daughter, Jenna. Ken has been a lifeline to countless bereaved families all over the world. He is the author of The Real Rules of Life and Courageous Aging. He has been interviewed for the New York Times, Huffington Post, and Wall Street Journal, just to name a few, and has guest appearances on numerous, new, numerous media outlets, including CNN, CNN and PBS. So Ken, welcome. Thank you. Part of managing grief and loss is knowing when we've, we've had enough, knowing to say, I need to step back now and digest the meal. I need to step back and unplug. I need to watch a stupid movie. I need to walk in nature. I need to quiet my thoughts. I need a massage. <laughs> I need some pampering. Um, I need to be in the company of people who feed me. Be around people who feed you, who nurture you, not around grief groupies. So all these things are coming together and it's a time to, to put these things. And I wanna add what I feel is at the core of so many of these elements as a, as a kind of the icing on the cake at the core of healing after loss, whether it's been a living loss, a divorce, a bad diagnosis, an accident, whatever it is that you're dealing with and including and at the core, a loss of a life of someone you loved and whose life was as meaningful, if not more to you than your own. And for me, that's my daughter, Jenna, and my earth daughter, Stephanie, because it's, we, have, we are left often with an angel daughter and an earth daughter. And for me, it's, it's living into the future for both of my girls. You know, I, I used to wake up every morning and it was like Groundhog Day. And I'd look down two paths and down one path was is both of my daughters, I imagine, saying, Dad, we should have buried you when Jenna died. You made your pain the center of the universe. You gave up. My earth daughter would say, Dad, you stopped being my father. And then I looked down another path, and there are both of my girls saying, Daddy, we're so proud of you. You fought your way back into life. And we understood, it was so understandable to us that there were days you just, you wanted to give up. All the wind was, had been taken out of your sails, but you chose to fight your way back into life and to give life new meaning. And the way I did that, I wanna share with you. I wanna share the core elements and I call them the six honorings. How do we honor those who we have lost? Number one is survival. It's our own survival that is the way to honor them that we summon the newfound strength and courage or faith and understanding and kindness to help ourselves survive the patience. And what's at the core of that survival? Self-compassion. It's keeping our hand on our heart and our foot off of our throat. It's our hand on our heart 
saying to us, how could I feel any different? How could I not feel lost? How can I not feel broken? How could I not feel a choiceless amount of sorrow that I've never had to deal with before? It's compassion that embraces our brokenness and becomes the most important part of a new wholeness, a new us, the life we had has ended and the, the new life that we're going to be challenged to live and to move into is awaits us. But does it await us with a patient, kind, supportive, encouraging, gentle heart? Or does it await us with criticism? You know, when I meet bereaved parents for the first time, what's the first thing that we all do? We break down and we apologize. And what do I say? I say, your apology is not accepted. You've honored me. You've entrusted me with your tears, with the fact that you feel you, you're shattered. How could you apologize? You've entrusted me with something so sacred. So self-compassion is at the core of our self-care and our survival. Survival is the first honoring learning to take care of yourself, surrounding yourself with the right people, giving yourself movement, giving yourself quiet time, giving yourself all the elements of healing that resonate with you. The second honoring, do something good in their name. Today has been about every single person who's spoken is doing something good in the name of their beloveds. Doing something good could be anything. It could be lighting a candle. It could be saying a prayer. It could be doing something that had to do with how they died or how they lived. Whatever it is, the goodness that you do in their name is sacred. It is an honoring. The third thing, cultivate a spiritual relationship with them. So many of the speakers today have spoken about what? the love that never dies. By cultivating a spiritual relationship, does that mean that I have the answer to the universe? I can tell you with 100% certainty what life is, what death is? No, I don't have 100% certainty, but in the absence of that 100%, what do I have? I can bet my faith. I can tell you what gives me such comfort to think about, to know, and to hope that that is the true nature of the way things are. I can bet my faith. I can look at a rainbow. I can watch a sunset. I can find beauty again and find hope again. So cultivating a spiritual relationship means not being afraid, as I do every day, to say, Jenna, I love you. Or to feel her, I love you, daddy. Dad, you're not going to wear that shirt. You can't wear it. Get rid of that shirt. But to feel her, the presence of her love for every day of the rest of my life and to be expressing my love. Do I have certainty? Might I be defrocked because I'm a, I sound like a desperate, pathetic father who's grasping at straws about the nature of life and death? I, it doesn't matter to me. I embrace what gives me hope and comfort and what I hold in faith. 
the fourth honoring to embody some element of her essence, something I want to be more of as I grow, as I aspire to become the better version of myself. That's the way I honor her. It would please her so to see me being more irreverent and less serious as I've aspired to be like my daughter. The fifth element, take the high road. Our trip to the bottom of pain has given us a view of compassion. When we turn on breaking news now, whether it's what's happening on the other side of the world or a family in our community, we can feel deep compassion. We know the suffering of the world. How do we use that? We take the high road. Believe me, I bit so many people's noses off after my daughter died. Have a nice day, sir. Yeah, it'll be a great day. My daughter was just killed. How many people's noses are we biting off, including family members? After 9-11, we instituted a program called Take the High Road. Treat the people in your family and friendship circles as an expression of your love for the person we all lost. So taking the high road means in the rawness of your grief, show people patience, kindness, understanding, cut them a little bit of slack. They're going through their own grief journey. And lastly, perhaps the most difficult, write new chapters of life. Live out the rest of your days as an honoring. How do you do that? You allow joy to come back. You allow laughter and irreverence. You allow sorrow its voice for as long as it wants to speak, for as long as it calls out to you. Those are the honorings, the ways we do it. Those are, that's a sampling. Again, my wish for you is to take the gems of resonance, things that people said and taught and showed you and the stories that they shared and to incorporate the things that you believe are going to help you find your way and fight your way back into life and find some measure of peace. And as you do so, please understand paradox more than anything. The paradox that I tell people, my daughter is gone. When her body came back from India, where she passed, I held her body. I held her. And I can tell you she had vacated that place, that beautiful body that carried her for 21 years. She was gone and she was right here. She never left my side. My daughter was with me and she has been with me. She's gone and she's with me. We're broken, we're shattered. We can look into each other's eyes and see the tears and we're whole. We're whole in that we have become the better, more compassionate, perhaps more loving, more understanding people who really know what's true and what's precious in this life and how to live it more meaningfully. We have become the better versions, the more whole versions of ourselves. That's what it means to be broken and whole. And there is never shame with wholeness or brokenness. 
the shame is gone. We take a deep breath. We walk with a limp in our hearts, perhaps. And that is us. That's us. That's the life that we are living, that we hold in gratitude, that we live on and write new chapters and make new memories for. And my hope and prayer for everybody that has been listening is to keep your hand on your heart and take your foot off of your throat when you catch yourself there. Blessings. Blessings to you, Ken. You are so fabulous. We love you so much and everything you do for the world.